Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. I don't think that he's here today, but uh, Sean Soa, well, and Ty are two of the top ropers in the country. You will not know that by talking to them, okay? You will not know that by talking to them. They're not going to walk up to you and say, we're some of the best ranch ropers in the country. They're not going to do it. But these two guys consistently win every single time they go up. They either win together or they win separately or, I mean, it just, it's really not even kind of fair the way they do things, but they do it with a humble attitude. And I was, after the finals a couple of weeks ago, I was telling my wife about it. She stayed home with the boys and I was talking about Sean and I, I told her something that had happened and how I was really, truly learning a lot about cowboying from Sean. And she said, well, well, what happened? And I said, well, um, on one of his teams um, in the open, whenever you're in the professional level, which I'm not, everybody has to head one steer. And so uh, Ty roped, headed one, and then their partner, Sean Clark, uh, headed one. And then going into the short go, Sean had to head one, Sean Soa. And so he gets in there. Now, now you have to, I, I'm going to back up a little bit and say this, that whenever you enter one of these ranch ropings, uh, you're on three different teams, and on each of those three teams, you rope two head. Now, through the, the, the opening round, roping the two head on three different teams, I never got one headed, not once. And I threw a minimum of two loops on each critter, before it was headed, that means at a bare minimum, I had missed 12 head loops in a row. 12 head ropes or head loops in a row. And so when Sean got to the short go, he had to head and he went in there, one of the best ropers in the country, and he throws his turnover and just misses. He gathers it up. He's left handed. He gathers it up. He goes at it again, throws another turnover, misses one of the best ranch ropers in the country gathers it back up, misses again, one of the best ranch ropers in the country. And at that moment, something amazing to me happened. It was no big deal to him. You know what he did? He did not do what Kevin Weatherby would have done. Kevin Weatherby, because I had already done it that day, I would have been hanging my head, cussing myself, talking about how no good roper I am, and I'm not even helping my team, and blah, 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 and feeling sorry for myself. You know what Sean did? He calls up his rope and he sits there. Now, this is a timed deal. He sits there and he looks at his team and he laughs. And he goes, it's even fun when you miss or something like that. That's what he meant. I, I think he said, we're having fun, aren't we? And he took a deep breath and caught on the very next deal. And they, on that team, they ended up getting second place in the finals with that. And something that I really... Admire, you know, and I'm telling my wife this, and, and the way Sean is able to control his emotions, he's one of the most unique individuals I've ever met, and God really speaks to me through Sean, and um, I'm telling my wife this, and she goes, the whole time she's shaking her head, she goes, I know, Sean is my spirit animal. <laughs> 
So anyway, uh, I don't know how I feel about that, but, uh, but he's my spirit animal too. So that's how I feel about that. Uh, you know, but something that I've learned from him is that he doesn't look at it as as roping. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of inferring a lot of stuff. I don't know that he would say this for himself. This is my impression. This is the way God speaks to me through Sean. Uh, Sean lives the lifestyle, you know. I mean, he, he is out there. He, he's trimming horses. He is always out at the ranch offering his help with a lot of other people. And he lives the life. He's a horse trainer. He helps people. He's helped me. I know that there's many of you out there that, 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 that he has helped also. But he lives the life. It's about a lifestyle. It's not about anything else. And his roping is more a state of mind than an action that he performs. And I, and I, just, I, I love that about Sean. And, and then he always, which I, I, Sean is not perfect by any means. And I, and I don't want y'all to think that, that this is going to be about Sean. I'm going to talk, be talking today about how God speaks to me through Sean and teaches me stuff about his son, Jesus Christ. This isn't about Sean, but I love the choices that Sean makes. If there seems to be a situation where it's like, okay, go into full Kevin freak out mode, or just shrug your shoulders into Sean mode. He always picks Sean mode. I don't know, and, 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 and I'm the one that, you know, like, I'm cool, I'm cool. Ah! You know, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm the freak out guy, okay? That's just me. I'm, I'm the self-deprecating guy and, and uh, I got a lot to work on. But you know what? I'm convinced and I am so blessed to be around, you know, Ty and Sean and, and Lee and Brent and Robert and Craig and Heidi and, and Tracy and all of these people that I have learned so much from. But, but here's the thing. I'm convinced that roping at a high level, like all those people I mentioned do, I'm convinced that roping at a high level has nothing to do with twirling a rope and getting it on a cow. It is an intersection between life, a state of mind, and a choice. When you get to that high level, that's what roping is all about. And that is a great illustration of what it's like to be a cowboy in what Jesus continually talked about. He talked about a, a place, and it's more of a, a spiritual place, but it's also a real place, and it's called the kingdom of God, okay? He talked about this all the time. Go open up your Bibles in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you're going to see this time after time, these three words, the kingdom of God. Whenever you cowboy in the kingdom of God, you'll have to have three attributes, okay? Three attributes, and they're listed in Romans chapter 14, verse 17. Let's look at that. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. How many times do we think that, that our Christian walk is about specific things like uh, about what you do? And unfortunately, there's a misconception that, uh, that Christianity 
is the lack of sin in your life. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there that have either been taught or, or they have misunderstood that Christianity, it, it's more sin-focused than Christ-focused. It's about, well, don't do this and don't do that and don't do this and don't do that and you're a bad person if you do this and you're a good person if you do that. You know, it, it, it's about specific things and, and, and following Christ, it, it should be a Christ-focused walk with God, not a sin-focused. I think that sin is a symptom of an improper relationship or, or maybe, uh, maybe not improper, but you grow your relationship with God and the sin will take care of itself because it's really hard to sin when your focus is on Jesus Christ and how much he loves you and how much he gave up his life for you. Does that make sense? So he says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of, uh, of what you eat or drink. And in context, what he's talking about is way back in the day, the Jews, w w according to the law, the first covenant that God had with his people, there was a lot of don't do this, don't do that, don't, you can't eat this, you can't eat that. And Paul's saying, look, man, none of that really matters anymore. Okay, because it's not a matter, your relationship with God does not depend upon what you eat or drink. But he says... For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Think about that. How many of us are, 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 are trying to obey a lot of rules in our walk with God? And then every time we, we slip up, we're like, oh, you know, it's kind of like that, uh, I, I don't know what... what there, there was a game one time, and I'm drawing a blank of what it was, but it's like, you, you got so far, and then if you got caught you had to go back to the very beginning that's the way a lot of people view their relationship with God and that's that's not necessarily true for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking but of righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Spirit what is righteousness what is righteousness righteousness is this it's the fulfillment of a requirement in a relationship okay that, that, that's kind of the technical term of it. Uh, another way of maybe putting this is right standing, okay? It, it, it's right standing, and, and we're talking about with God. We are in right standing with God. I love the fact that God says, I will remember your sins no more. When we come to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we have been made righteous, we have been cleansed. Here's the deal. No matter what you have done, when you come to know Christ, the gavel is, boom, not guilty. Because God says, I will remember your sins no more. Now, I'm going to put a little caveat, caveat, caviar. I'm going to put a little caviar in there, okay? Here's a little caviar, okay? You notice that God says, I will remember their sins no more right? Do you see the, the wording in there? I will remember their sins no more. When it comes time for the day of judgment, if you have Jesus Christ alive and living in your life, when you stand before God to be judged, and every single one of us will be, there is only one thing that God will be looking for. If you have his son in your heart. And when you do, he does not see your deeds. He sees his son's deeds and his son lived a perfect life. That is all you will be judged on. You have no fear of death whatsoever. Because if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, when you stand in front of the Almighty himself, he is going to say, not guilty, come on in. 
He says, I will remember their sins no more when that time comes. Make no mistake about it, though. He sees the way we live our lives. We do have a responsibility to live according to God's precepts. That live, Christ living in your heart is not a blank check for you to go do every sorry and perverted thing in, in, in this world, okay? That is not it. He says, when that day comes, if they have my son living, I will remember their sins no more. That does not mean that he is not watching and doesn't know what you are doing or what I am doing, okay? Righteousness. It is the lifestyle of a cowboy ranching on the kingdom of God. Or, like I say, a cowboy in, what did I put down? Let's see. A lifestyle of a kingdom cowboy. That's what I put down. That's a lifestyle of a kingdom cowboy. Now, me and Ty were talking about this this week, and, and, and the best illustration that I could come from is, or could come up with is righteousness is a gift, okay? But it's not, it, it's kind of a gift that you have to use, okay? You're using it isn't predicated on anything. It's kind of like if you got a job on the wine cup gamble or, or the, uh, the silver spur or the rocker bee ranch or, you know, whatever, whatever big ranch you know of, the Wagner ranch, the XIT, you know, the King ranch. If, if you had no experience whatsoever and you got one of the most, a job cowboy on one of the most prestigious ranches out there, you would absolutely know that you did nothing to deserve that, right? Does that make sense? You get a job on the greatest outfit called the kingdom of God. You get a job on that and you can't earn that. There's nothing you can do to get that except have the desire to obtain it. I want to work on that ranch. I don't have any experience. I don't have, I have no skills whatsoever. That's okay. Come on in. That is a free gift. Now, once you are on that ranch, you have an obligation to use and learn the gifts that you have given. If you're going to if you want to work on a ranch, guess what? If you want to be a cowboy, you got to do cowboy stuff. Okay? Just because you get on the ranch doesn't mean that you get to go sit in your recliner and sit on the porch and drink coffee all day long. You, I mean, if you get a ranch job, you got to do cowboy stuff because cowboys do cowboy stuff. Same with righteousness. There's nothing that we can do to earn that except to desire it. But once we have it, we are to use that in order to grow in the position that we have been given. How do we do that? We do that real quickly with three things. The Bible says that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Okay? We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The operative word is not that we are the righteousness. It's the in Christ Jesus. How do we get there? Three things. Number one, you have to live a life of these three things. Number one, a life of repentance. What does repentance mean? Repentance is, a, is kind of a twofold deal. It's allowing God to take you. It's a submission. It's a, I can't do this on my own. I used to want to go this way, but I have changed my mind. My, my, my thoughts and my actions used to be uh, completely focused on this world and what this world has to offer, but I'm going to turn my back on this world and my sole focus is going to be on my relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm going to turn from the evil things that I used to do and I'm going to allow God and God alone 
to come and rescue me. That's what repentance is. That is not the theological definition. It is a real short, there's entire books written on what repentance means and I'm just trying to shorten it up. It's a turning from our old ways and turning to Christ. That's what repentance is. The second thing that we have to do to become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus is to have faith in him. Jesus said, you have faith in God, trust in me also. See, Jesus, one of his many reasons for coming was to live that perfect life. He fulfilled all of the law because we couldn't. That was the point. Because if keeping the law could save us, there would be no reason for Jesus. But none of us, not one single person could ever keep the law so God himself came down and kept it for us and became a substitute for us. In other words, his perfection was imparted to us and our foul deeds and our misdeeds and our sin was imputed to him. And he who lived a perfect life suffered and died on a cross. He took your place on the cross so that his righteousness could be given to you so that your sin could be given to him. A life of repentance. A life of faith in him. Because see, a lot of people say, well, I believe in Jesus. Believing that Jesus was a real person that walked this earth does absolutely nothing for you. You have to have faith that what I just described happened. His perfection was given to you. Your sin was given to him. He was punished so that you might be rewarded. And in turn, we have faith and we call him our savior. Because that's exactly what he did. He saved us. So you must have faith that he is who he said he was and did what he did for you. Not that, that he died on a cross. That, that your sins were imputed to him. Were, 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 you know, that they took our ledger sheet, our negatives, and gave it to him and said, you're going to pay the price for this. He took the spot on the gallows, and you're the one that did the murdering. And the third thing is this. You have to follow him, Okay. You have to live a life of repentance. You have to turn away from this world. This world is a dog and pony show that is that the only purpose of this world is to distract you from following Christ, of having faith in Christ. It has a ton of rewards that leads to death. You must live a life of repentance. You must have faith in Jesus and you must follow him. Okay? You don't know where you're going. He says, enter through the narrow gate along that narrow trail. For wide is the road to destruction that many follow, but narrow is the trail that leads to eternal life. And many search for it, but few find it. You want to know why few find it? It's because they don't follow the guide. There's only one guide that can show you the way to eternal life, and that is Jesus Christ. And it takes a following Him every single day. Will you fail sometimes? Yes, you will. Should that be an excuse? No, it should break your heart. It should get you back on path where you can follow him every single day. That's what it means to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. A life of repentance, a life of faith, and a life of actually following. Not just coming to church. Not just opening up your Bibles twice a month. It's loving God with all your heart and all your soul and loving your neighbor as yourself. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. We talked about righteousness, peace. Righteousness is a lifestyle in the kingdom, right? It's a gift that we're given. We can't earn it. It's a free gift. But then we take that gift and we use it. We grow in it. We take it. 
We use it for others' benefit as well as our own to shine God's glory. Number one, righteousness, a lifestyle. The second, peace. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace. Peace is a state of mind of the kingdom cowboy. Peace is a state of mind. It is a state of mind. You know, if you actually believe in Jesus, here's probably the saddest statement I've ever said in my life, that many people claim to believe in Jesus, but don't believe a word that he said. How about this right here? John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. Jesus talking. Red letter stuff. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Do you believe that? See, that's what a kingdom cowboy, that's where he puts his trust is in that peace of God. And man, if there was somebody here that needed to learn that, it's the guy that's running his mouth right now. Okay? You're not alone. You need some peace in your life. I need some peace in my life. Let's both learn to have that state of mind, to trust that that's what Jesus gave to us. It says it right there in black and white. Peace I leave with you, my black, white and red, okay? Not black and white, white and red. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And this is good news. I told you that Save the Cowboy was a ministry dedicated to spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. This is good news for you. It's good news for me. And we want to share that good news with other people. But you know what? Learning to have that peaceful state of mind, that even when you're missing time after time, not just once, not twice, not three times, not just learning to laugh then, but how about four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. That's how many times I missed at the finals. Maybe that's how many times you miss with peace. You know? Learning peace, I'm going to try to give you a visual representation of what it's going to be like for y'all, some of y'all to learn peace. You know what I've learned? This is Warrior Three. What is that? Yoga, isn't it? Guess what I'm learning? You want to see something funny? Come watch me do yoga in a pair of cowboy boots and a pair of Wrangler jeans with my cowboy hat on. That downward dog is just getting to me like nobody's business. They keep talking about breathing, and I ain't breathed in 14 minutes when they got me all contorted. And, you know, they, they asked me to stretch my hamstrings. I didn't even know I had hamstrings. But they want me to bend over. They're like, touch your toes and breathe out. And I'm like, huh? Huh? And before I know it, I'm turning blue, and they keep saying, you know, they'll get you all the way down here like this, and your legs back here like this. It's like, just stay there and breathe. I can't breathe. That's what peace is going to be like for some of you, okay? It's going to be that hard. You're going to be like, you're going to leave here today. You're listening on the radio, whatever the case may be. And you're like, I love what that preacher said. I'm going to live me a life of peace. You're going to get out to the parking lot and have a ding in your door and your peace is just going to fly out the window okay that's okay that's okay it's gonna be tough when i can do that one deal where i put my hands down stick my legs out to the side i'm gonna do that for y'all one day i hope y'all are still around in 2028 okay we'll still be here we should learn peace it is a state of mind of the kingdom cowboy and lastly joy we talked about joy two weeks ago Great, great message 
on what joy is. I had said that I define joy based upon everything that I read in the scriptures and the gift that God gave me of taking complex ideas and making them easy to understand. This was my definition of joy for y'all. A life of courage and confidence, having the assurance from God that everything, no matter what, is going to be okay. A life of courage and confidence, having the assurance from God that everything, no matter what, is going to be okay. Can you take hold of that? Can you throw a hula hand on that critter right there and stack about 12 dallies onto it and don't let go? Better yet, tie on hard and fast to that promise right there. See, if you want a cowboy in the kingdom of God, it's about a lifestyle of righteousness. It is about a state of mind of peace. And it is about the choice of choosing joy over anything else. It's not an emotion. Joy is not an emotion. Joy does not mean that you're not going to go through hard times. Joy does not mean that you're not going through hard times right now. Joy does not mean that everything is going to be Skittles and unicorns, okay? It means that everything is going to be okay. And you don't have to go into Kevin freakout mode. Or the preacher freakout mode. So the next time your husband or wife goes into the freakout, say, quit being Kevin, okay? You know, you're acting like the preacher. You're freaking out, okay? Don't do that. The results. And this is the end. What does that life give you? For the kingdom of God is not about what you eat and drink, but rather, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way let that sink in for just a second. But anyone who serves Christ in this way, what do you think it's fixing to say? But any, because anyone who serves Christ in this way, a lifestyle of righteousness, of repentance, of faith in Christ, and an obedient walk with Him, following Him, a life of righteousness, a state of mind of peace, and the choosing of of joy. Anyone who serves Christ in this way is. It doesn't say might be. It doesn't say there's a chance. It says because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God, is pleasing to God, and receives human approval. You want your life to change today? Man, you have just been given a gift, not by me, but by God Himself of some miraculous changes that can be made in your life. Some of them coming from you with the aid of the Holy Spirit. Most of them coming from God Himself of a, of a gift that we have been given. For the kingdom of God is not about food or drink, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. Aren't you ready to make that change today? You don't have to say anything for me to know the struggles that you've been having. That feeling of emptiness, that feeling of being lost, that feeling that you don't know how much, how much longer you can keep up this charade that you have been presenting to everybody else. I know you've been feeling like that because I've been feeling like that. But God in His infinite wisdom and His love for us continues each and every day that He will bring us all together 
whether you're sitting here listening in your car or watching on live stream or, or off of Facebook, whatever the case may be, he has brought us together to strengthen and encourage all of us together. But you have a choice. You can take these mighty gifts from God and you can bring them into your heart and treat them as the treasure that they are. Or you can throw them down like a piece of paper and walk off from it. I pray to God that it's not the second one. Let's go to God in prayer. God, I love you so much. And God, I just want all of these people here to know how much you love them. God, I thank you so much for your message today, not mine. Your message today that is speaking into the hearts and the souls of all of your kids out there that are hurting so much and wandering around lost and not knowing what to do. And no matter if they've just been going with you for a little while or maybe it's been 30 years, but God, help us all to come back to you today. God, help us to understand how much you love us and how much you gave up for us so that we may have life and have it abundantly, not free from problems, but despite this world that strives against us. God, thank you so much for your son. Thank you for sending your Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us in that still small voice, to guide us in that whisper. Let our hearts be one filled with righteousness, with peace and joy. And if anybody has not asked Jesus to be their Lord and Savior, I pray right now that they will bow their heads and just between you and them, they don't have to walk up front, they don't have to do anything except just say, Jesus, I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. I repent of my sins. I put my faith in you and help me to follow you the rest of my life. If you've just said that, you have just entered into the kingdom of God, not just for our time on earth, but for eternity. And we thank you, God, for that person that just asked you to be their Lord and Savior. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The cowboy has molded and shaped our country by the sweat of his brow and his faith in God. Slowly, his way of life has been labeled as outdated and obsolete. If that wasn't enough, religion has tried to change his view of the God he experiences every day. The rough hands of the carpenter's son have been replaced with silver tongues and promises of an easy life. But the cowboy knows better. His way of life is slowly dying. No longer do people keep their word. No longer is a handshake all you need. He searches for men who act like men and ladies who act like ladies. He is one in a thousand and he needs your help. For just $35 a month, which is one one thousandth of the average yearly salary, you can be part of saving the cowboy's heritage, saving the cowboy's faith, and his livelihood. You too can help save the cowboy. Just text SAVE THE COWBOY, all one word, to 77977 and be a part of something extraordinary.